is Bloomberg Surveillance. China is reflating through credit growth, and the Fed has become a bit more dovish and has served to weaken the dollar a bit. Clearly, it wasn't the Fed intervention that was bringing down interest rates. It was the, the glut of global savings. I don't think the Fed should just raise rates for the sake of raising them. They certainly want to make sure that the steps that they take are well justified. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 1 p.m. in Brussels, where the European Commission is whacking Google upside the head. Trust us. We'll talk about that in a few moments. We'll talk politics, too, today, not to depress you too much. As important as those stories may be, neither really in the markets this morning. Instead, it is China. It is oil. Back to the future there. China's markets falling the most since February. Shanghai down 2.3%. Oil down. The strike in Kuwait apparently over. West Texas, $40.27 a barrel down 1.97%. We'll round it to 2%. Brent crude, 43 1.5% lower. Put the two together, you get a lower open in Europe. The stock 600 right now is down by about a point, a tenth of a percent. The DAX is higher 15 points right now, a tenth of a percent, but uh, we're watching the FTSE trade lower, 17 points, three-tenths of a percent. Futures mixed here in the United States, turning positive. The S&P turning positive just a moment ago, up by a point. The Dow is flat. NASDAQ futures up by five points right now, a tenth of a percent. In the bond market, bonds higher this morning. 1.78 for your 10-year yield, 1.25 your 5-year, the 2-year going for 76 basis points. The dollar index just a touch stronger at 94.074. Headline from United Airlines, this story reported earlier, it's uh, naming Robert Milton, the former Air Canada CEO, as chairman of the company. Google. The European Union expanding its battle with Google, alleging the technology company rigging the global market for mobile apps by making sure its Android operating system gives preferential treatment to its own products. New York University Stern School of Business professor Scott Galloway is with us. Google, of course, says Android is a free and open source operating system. Um, So is this a fairly obvious case? It either is or it isn't, or is this going to turn on technicalities that maybe only Tom's 8-year-old is going to be able to understand? Yeah, or or Google's attorneys. I mean, this is the definition of what an ecosystem is supposed to do. The the idea is you drive traffic to your other properties and you create an ecosystem. So it's sort of like, tell us something we don't know. Uh, I don't think anyone would be shocked that Android would be favoring other Google products. I think that's their job. Why, then, are the Europeans doing this? You know, I, I, look, I think everyone, every once in a while we get angry at some of the external or the unintended consequences of these unbelievably successful companies that on a business level deserve every point of market share that they've earned. And then we wake up and go, is this, is this you know, it's good for Google shareholders. It's good if you own real estate in Portola Valley or the Ferrari dealership in San Francisco. But occasionally we say, is this good for society? And a lot of people decide, no, it's not. We're destroying, destroying a lot of jobs. They get angry. They get all hopped up. They go after one of these companies, and typically it doesn't work because these companies have earned their share. So it's hard, you know, it's hard to say they've run afoul of antitrust. They've earned, they've earned this this share. But I, I think where we're headed here is some sort of showdown because it's just having such negative impact on 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 the economy, or I, not even on the economy. Uh, Daniel Rushkoff wrote a great book that basically said we've opted for growth over prosperity. 
Scott Galloway with us with NYU. I had a great time at NYU last night speaking. Thank you to Carl Weinberg for lining intelligent students up um, with some brilliant questions. Some of them I thought were really sophisticated. Uh, Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Markets may be volatile, but Invesco's value managers are finding high-conviction opportunities. Find out where at Invesco.com slash interactive. Scott Galloway on innovation. Uh, to me, the, litig- the litigation or potential regulation, whatever, of EU is about starving for innovation. Review for us again how innovation gets transported to regions that desire it but don't have the structures, the culture to embrace it like a given Silicon Valley or Austin or maybe the nascent Los Angeles as well. Yeah, for all the candidates talking about how poorly America's doing, name a company that's added more than $10 billion in market cap outside of a bike ride of uh, Berkeley, Stanford, or, or, you know, or NYU or Columbia. I mean, from what was it, from 90 to 99, within a seven-mile radius of SFO, there was more market capitalization created than all of Europe since World War II. Na- name an incredibly innovative disruptor coming out of Europe right now. It just... There's something about the culture here, the the willingness to fail, our education system. But, yeah, I imagine Europe's been asking themselves the same question for the last 30 years as they see all these newly minted billionaires on the paper everywhere, and none of them have a British or a French accent. Yeah, it's been said that uh, the U.S. innovates, China copies, and the EU sues. Well, uh, China, yeah, China, China, they call it process innovation. We call it IP theft. You know, <laughs> Any, but the bottom line is any economy that accelerates a kind of 7 or 10% GDP growth is typically stealing uh, IP from somewhere else, whether it's us stealing textile manufacturing from Britain. Um, Tom, you had that great guy on from Warburg Pincus. His name is escaping me, but he's sort of an economic historian. He's wonderful. Uh, but effectively, China is, you know, they, look at what's happening to P&G, some amazing firms, some luxury brands in China. They watch, they wait, and then they come in and they take back all the chair. China's gone from being a dream for a lot of consumer companies to a real problem all of a sudden. Does that mean that uh, we're going to see more uh, support? For someone like Donald Trump, who would essentially cut off our relationship with China on a trade basis? Yeah, I think the roots of China, it's just such a phenomenon. You always ask, how did this happen? I think it goes back all the way back to World War II, where we've effectively flattened these very productive economies called Germany and Japan, these incredibly productive cultures. Our our capital infrastructure was untouched. We had a 30- or 40-year advantage. We took this cohort called white dudes and paid them a lot of money without ever telling them why. And now the global economy has decided that they want to catch up. Everyone talks about income inequality. If you look at global equality, it's been a century of equalization. The Chinese in in India want their piece of the pie. If you're a Trump voter, it means the global economy has left you behind. This is the middle class white guy who can't keep up with the global economy. A fascinating discussion. That guy, by the way, is William Janeway. Legendary at Warburg Pink is uh, closely associated with Cambridge, and he has been a huge value. It's a great time when we have Mr. Janeway and Mr. Galloway on at the same time. Uh, Professor Galloway, when I look at that American that is not innovating, they're not writing code or they're not around the industry of the code writers, is there a policy to make them more tech savvy? I don't observe it. You know, everyone immediately defaults to education. I, I just wonder, Tom, if we're destroying jobs now at a pace 
that we just can recreate. Because the argument is, okay, agrarian society, 40% of people were farmers, turn of the century, four at the end, but other industries picked up the slack. But it seems like we're destroying jobs so fast now. It's hard to keep up with recre- uh, you know, recreating, recreating them. And your guest on the last hour said, well, okay, but it's great for, it's great for employment. That's true, but, but wages are just flat because people are being arbed down to being Uber drivers or errand runners for TaskRabbit. I think where we're headed is a negative income tax. I think it's going to be easier just to pay people who don't have the skills yeah. than to provide social services. Mike, I saw a chart on Twitter today from a legitimate source. It's absolutely stunning that male full-time employed headcount is just now getting above where it was in 07. All the rest of it's been self-employed and uh, some real legitimate pickups and women employed as well. It's sort of a pogo economy in that we've met the enemy and it is us. We talk about the problems of globalization, but we don't stop shopping at stores that advertise ultra-low prices because of globalization. Uh, you know, where do we... How, how do you how, how do you uh, you know massage it into this uh, you know is is there a way? Uh, yeah, this is this is the correct question. The the and you're right. So people talk a big game about made in America, but they want a little black dress for 1995 from H and M. It's just consumers vote with their pocketbooks and they decide to have 92 percent of the gifts under the Christmas tree are from China. It's just we we love low prices and then we complain about. You know, destruction in American jobs and free trade is is uh, arguably the way to go. It's just certain people are being left behind. And I, I don't know if education is going to catch them up. Scott, I want to talk about Yahoo in the next block. Let me squeeze this in quickly. 30 seconds. Sure. I'm taken aback by the abandoned bricks and mortars yeah. on many side streets of this great city. Yeah. Where's Amazon in five years? Oh, I am Amazon, most disruptive force and largest economy. Um, I believe that Amazon is going to make a transformative acquisition of bricks and mortar. Consumers don't live in isolation of any one medium. The most influential factor in a purchase is still the store. There's three new factors in the top ten, social media, search, um, and online discovery. But the number one is still the store. So stores, Tom, there's a myth that stores are dying. It's not stores that are dying. It's the middle class. Stores in wealthy neighborhoods are thriving. Stores, businesses, and everyone else in middle class and lower class are Scott Galloway with us, one of our most popular, truly one of our most popular guests, and, of course, with his uh, inflammatory, important, and prescient comments on Yahoo. Uh, we will. That's the real me, though. Yeah, yeah. That's the Galloway you don't know. Coming up, Galloway on Mayor. 710 on Wall Street this hour of surveillance brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains. Visit volvocarswhiteplains.com. Here's Michael Barr with World and National Headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Republican Donald Trump and Democrat Hillary Clinton had big wins in the New York primary. It's now on to their next campaign stops. Clinton is scheduled to spend today campaigning in Pennsylvania, while Trump has a rally planned in Maryland as well as Indiana. President Obama has landed in Riyadh to meet with Saudi King Salman. The president will later attend the Gulf Cooperation Council Summit with Persian Gulf allies. The president visits comes as the Saudis remain deeply opposed to the president's outreach to Iran. Michigan's attorney general will announce criminal charges today against two state regulators and a Flint City employee. It's related to Flint's lead-tainted water crisis. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Post-Doha, two days uh, uh, down the road, $40.18 on West Texas. Brent down 78 cents, 43.
25. With Scott Galloway of NYU Stern, this is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they make only one thing, the ultimate driving machine. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Coca-Cola posting first quarter profit that beat analyst estimates revenue met and shares are down 1.3%. Oil is lower after Kuwait workers said they would end a strike that disrupted output in OPEC's fourth largest producer for three days. Right now, NYMEX crude oil down 2.2% or 90 cents to $40.18 a barrel. U.S. stock index futures, they're little changed now. The DAX in Germany is up a tenth of a percent. Ten-year treasury up 4.30 seconds, a yield 1.77%. Yield on the two-year, 0.75%. Comex Gold is down two-tenths percent, down $3.20 at 12.51.10 an ounce. The euro, $1.1370. The yen, 109.24. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance. We're brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Are your returns dragged down by high transaction costs? Trade up to Interactive Brokers, where our lower costs can help you maximize your returns. Visit IBKR.com slash save more for more information. Scott Galloway with us with New York University. We now look at Yahoo. Scott, one of the smartest comments I've ever heard in business was from one Martin Geller. Marty Geller, legendary at Bloomberg. He's on the Bloomberg LP board. He keeps, he keeps track of the credits and the debits for the company and all that. Marty Geller said once, if something's there and it goes away, two days later, will you miss it? If Yahoo went away, would anybody miss it? Oh, yeah, I, I do think so. I think there's a lot of people who depend on, who really enjoy Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance. Even, it sounds very pedestrian, but it gets a huge amount of usage, is Yahoo Mail. So, uh, yeah, Yahoo does play a significant role in, quote, unquote, the, the attention graph. And that is there are a lot of people spending a lot of time on Yahoo. So, yeah, people would miss it. Okay. Does it, does it integrate well into uh, a, a, a Verizon or somebody like that? Yeah, I th- again, the, the, the kind of the algorithm of the peanut butter and chocolate combination here is 105 million handsets and then a ton of content that people want to see, not daily but often, and the amount of data they can have and the amount of users they pick up creates a mobile ad platform that could be very exciting for Verizon. Now, is it the mobile ad platform and the algorithms that uh, create the ad sales that Verizon would really want? It's It was been pointed out, we had from um, Bloomberg Gadfly, Shira Oviedi here the other day, who, who noted that companies that produce content mm-hmm. tend to be very popular for a while, and then be eclipsed by somebody else. So is what Verizon wants not so much the content as, as, as a way to compete with Google in selling mobile ads. Yeah, so I think you're buying a user base here and as opposed to maybe, you know, as, as opposed to content. But mobile advertising is so powerful when you think about one word, proximity. And that is if you know someone is outside or near a Sephora, and you know they've just typed in Sephora or they've typed in blush or, or sunblock and they're looking for it or they've, or they've typed it in recently into their web browser, 
And you can push them a notification saying, if you come into Sephora, which is 80 meters from you, and here's a map so you literally can just fall into the store, they can probably sell that ad for a lot. And they have this closed loop now with this data, the handsets, and then the content and the user base of a Yahoo to offer a pretty compelling yeah. Um, ad proposition to clients. Uh, Mike, I did that the other day with a test, uh, you know, outside here on Lexington Avenue. I, 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 I did bronzer. <laughs> I got the Sephora note right away. What happened? And he fell into the store. I went into the Sephora and brought the bronzer. Uh, to go back to where we started, though, does that raise antitrust questions? Oh, I, my sense is anybody who, who thinks that they might have a shot at compete. I think anyone who says who shows up to regular and says we want to compete with Google gets a pretty warm reception. So I, I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I just don't see how Verizon runs, runs into trouble, right. but I can't predict like that. Scott, in the time we've got left, there have been a lot of articles recently, two in the New York Times, Jim Rutenberg, and smart articles, and Ken Doctor out with a smart article on sort of wither digital, wither video. There's a lot of navel-gazing going on right now yeah. about the news business plan of video. Do you believe in video? Does it have a future where companies, even like Bloomberg, full disclosure, and our, our fearless leader, Al Mayers, they have to do video because someday it may work, or is it working right now? Because a lot of people are saying it's not. Video is enormous. There's a tectonic shift taking place where young, wealthy people who all advertisers worship at the grail of are leaving broadcast TV. So in-step social media with a ton of new video, whether it's Periscope, Meerkat, Facebook video, YouTube. So video is the new black in the world of media. It's hard to do, and if you can do it well, there's huge opportunities. Who does it well? Um, gosh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, Bloomberg does it well. Uh, I, you're, look at what the new the new data. The existing online news guys flat. The old economy guys, the Hearst, the CNNs, the Bloombergs, their online usage is up, and I think a lot of that is they're just better at video. Given the cost, can they make money at it? Is there any brand loyalty in video, or are people looking for the video rather than the provider? You know, it's an interesting point, but even I, I would argue, I mean, just again, using Bloomberg as an example, your online portal, I think you guys get more video views than any online news portal because you invested early and often in video and it's paid off. That's not, I mean, I'm being a little bit obsequious here, but video is, what does all strategy come down to? Do something, do something really hard that you can do well. And so if you can do video well, there's a big opportunity. It's getting, it's substantially higher ad rates, video, than traditional banner. I, I, does it have a durability? I think that's the thrust of the 18 articles that have been written is, okay, that's fine. And the dynamics you uh, mentioned, we live, but where is it in five years? Which no one knows. I, I get that idea. Yeah, honest where answer, is it? Honest answer, Tom, is I don't know. We don't know. I just know that video is getting, getting higher CPMs now, and everyone's trying to reach young, millennial, wealthy consumers and so you're seeing more innovation around video. You're seeing an incredible resurgence of YouTube. But video is the new black in the world of online marketing and media. Okay. Scott Galloway, always valuable. Thank you so much. We'll um, no doubt speak to you as we see Yahoo News move forward. Uh, Mike, the screen, I mean, what's the economic story today? Do we have data? Housing, existing home Housing. sales, but uh, it's not that that's driving the markets. It's interesting that we have had this turnaround because uh, we were looking at the oil correlation earlier today, oil down, yeah. stocks down, but that's that's changed. 
Well, there it is. Let's do a data check. We look at equities, bonds, currencies, commodities, a euro, 113.70, strong euro, weaker yen, fractionally, euro yen, that litmus paper the pros use, euro yen, 124.20. Michael McKee and Tom Keen, Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by New York Community Bank and New York Commercial Bank, the NYCB family of banks. Bank with confidence anywhere you see the NYCB logo. Visit NYCBFamily.com.